Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a face to, like, just be a really whiny little guy. A, a little teensy-weensy, whiny little guy who likes power and stuff. Yeah, this week we're discussing Mary E. Pearson's sequel to Dance of Thieves called Vow of Thieves, and we've gone from dancing to vowing. I remember when you and I went from dancing to vowing. It was a, mm, yeah. it was a violent night in the friendship. We can never go back. Anyway, as Cassie and Jace are traveling home to Tor's Watch to share the wonderful news that it will be recognized as a kingdom, tragedy strikes. I said in a very happy tone. <laughs> I know you were so Yay! happy about that. <laughs> the couple is attacked and separated and forced into their own unique nightmares, all the while wondering if the other is still alive. Stick with us this week to see if love prevails over the struggle for power. Spoiler alert, it does. Can you imagine a fucked up book where love didn't prevail? That that's too close to real life <laughs> for my yeah. thinking. <laughs> this is why we read fantasy novels to get away. Hello, I am Caitlin, and I am living in a winter wonderland. That's true. It's very snowy where you are. Oh, God, there's so much snow, guys. There's a lot so of snow. snow. A pleasant amount of snow, or unpleasant, depending on what your job is. Yes, and If you yes, work from luckily. home. I work from home, so I just get to watch it all fall and have no consequences. Hi, I'm Amberlyn, and I think we should not let people in the state of Maryland have driver's license. I don't think <laughs> people who live in Maryland should be allowed to drive. Mm. Yeah. Uh, any reason for that thought, or just they're not just good at quirky it? Quirky little thing. <laughs> they're just bad at it, like. Whenever I go to Maryland on some sort of adventure, I almost get ran off the road by somebody who is definitely, like, on Twitch somewhere. Like, (laughs) it's not, it's not fun. I'm not having a good time. They're streaming while they're driving. For real, though, like, people up there, it's like, no one, you you know you're back in Maryland. If you went away and you got to drive through Maryland to get to where you got to be, you know you're there once people stop using their blinkers. It's like a no-blinker state. <laughs> so we are talking about Vow of Thieves today, um, which is very exciting. Um, Caitlin, what did you think of the world building in this book? Well, the more time I spent in this book, the more I was like, wow, I really need to read the Remnant Chronicles trilogy, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I said last time, because even though we do learn a little bit more about this world here in Vow of Thieves, as we do in Dance of Thieves, I feel like it's it's more focused on the political aspect of like mm-hmm. the Ballingers and how the rest of the kingdom and world um, and how they fit in there and whether or not they should have the power that they have. And much mm-hmm. like in Dance of Thieves, I was more interested in the characters and like the relationship between Cassie and Jace and their Mm -hmm. story of coming together. So Mm -hmm. any little like other type of world building thing where I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm just like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. (laughs) I don't really need to know. Um, And the most, the most intriguing thing to me about this world is the magic and the powers that some people seem to have like Sinove and her dreams and how Cassie can see death and hear the whispers of ghosts. Mm -hmm. And then of course the King has like the vial of, like stardust or something that gives him like some sort of great power but i felt like those uh like the characteristics of like the dreams and then the like ghosts and things that cassie like hears and sees is more of just like almost like an added characteristic of them it's just like oh and they also uh are funny but are also they see ghosts <laughs> so yeah. it's just like just don't worry about it but it wasn't like it wasn't focused on but why can they see that and why does Sinove have these dreams? It's more of just like, this is just a part of their world, and now we're in it. And if you want to know more about it, here's this whole other book series that you can read. So I'm excited to eventually dive into those books because I really do want to learn more about this world and also just uh, read more of Pearson's writing. Yeah, it feels like it's interesting because I feel like this is the second book we've read where like the some of the characters have like kind of the afterthoughts of magic that they're holding on to. Um, yeah. And I really like that trope of like, oh, there was magic here at one point. 
but now it's not here. So, like, <laughs> everyone kind of has, like, not so much of, like, a power as it is, like, a cool little talent. <laughs> a special yeah. interest, if you will. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that was cool. But I agree with you. I think... I think we definitely should be reading the Remnant Chronicles um, because the point mm-hmm. kind of remains as it did with Dance of Thieves that like if we'd read those books we might understand <laughs> what's going on in this duology a little more um, little but that's sad yeah it, it's super cool and I really enjoyed the politics in this one I mean the royals because you're right it was like a lot more politically focused um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I really just love that like as somebody who studies politics for like a living I always get really into that and I'm starting to learn that that's what I really enjoy about reading fantasy novels is like and maybe what I think a lot of people don't realize they enjoy about fantasy novels is like they're inherently political works most of the time like they're all about power struggles oppression relationships connectivity etc and I think that's why we're so drawn to them because they give you like that human element that you might be so used to in the real world but you don't really make that Mm -hmm. connection and off the top of your head like um when I think back to like reading Lee Verdugo's books and Sarah J Maas and and Hafsa Faisal's works um there's just so many elements of it that you can kind of tie back to things that go on in the real world and I find those elements super fascinating so that's what I liked about this book the most. I, I actually... 100%. And it's interesting because not to like talk shit again, but it's kind of what I hated about <laughs> um, Holly Black's uh, trilogy. If Is it a trilogy? I, I think so. It's um, a trilogy. The one... We've read two so far. We have one more to go. God help us. <laughs> yeah. And which is going to probably mean, be like yay! a special episode. <laughs> yeah. But like, I feel like there was so much more that could have been done there with like the politics. Like... And I just, I don't know, like politics is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people, but I think what I like about these books is a good way to teach children that politics doesn't have to be a scary thing and that it's a very real part of people's lives. And it's like, when you think you're not doing something that's inherently political, you actually are. So I really, I just really like that. Like, it's like a, it it makes me, it makes me, it just like put my little hands on my shoulder, my, no, yeah, it makes me put my little, my little chin on my little palms and just like like wiggle my shoulders and like dance a little bit you know it makes me feel good. <laughs> kicking your feet twirling your hair <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly I just want to add it add on to that I like that like even though there are elements of the world that we could we would definitely know more about if we read the remnant chronicles I still like that you can read this duology and not have to read the remnant chronicles at all so like yeah. if you're listening to this and you're like oh damn should i read that first you don't have to and i think it it's like to me having not read the remnant chronicles first reading this duology i'm just like ooh, i have more like ooh, there's extra and it's like i get to learn more about maybe like maybe when i read the remnant chronicles i'll reread the dance of thieves duology and be like ooh, some of this is going to hit different so i'm excited to reread this after all of that and just like see what I didn't pick up on the first time. So like I'm I'm glad I read it in this order, honestly. Exactly. It's like you don't have to watch Sherlock season four to enjoy the first like two and a half <laughs> yeah. seasons. In like that one little yeah. episode from the last season. It doesn't have to be that. <laughs> you don't have to you, you don't have, have to, to live life like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So was there a specific moment in this book that hooked you? I'm just processing still. Um it's interesting like it really is interesting because like I think you're hooked from the end of the last book so in Dance of Thieves it ends like it it ends it ends with like a little sneak peek of what's gonna happen um in this book and it shows you that the Ballingers could be in trouble but you're not necessarily sure who's causing the trouble and that was something we were speculating in our last episode where we talked about great um, cliffhanger Dance of Thieves yeah it's like what happens now? So I was immediately hooked when we read that. I was like, oh, I'm excited to read the next one of these. Um, so I loved that. And then, of course, I loved – I just – there's so many things that I want to say later about the dynamic between Jason and Kazi mm-hmm. that I really like in this book. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think what's most interesting to me and where I really was started flipping the pages a little faster because I was really interested yes. was when um, they get attacked when they're trying to get back to Tor's watch. Um, and uh, basically they get separated and they think that one another is dead. And that is just such a great trope. Woo! 
Um, it's one of my favorites. Oh my I know it's one of Caitlin's. So oh when I read that, I was like, oh, when she reads this, she's going to go crazy. <laughs> so this book has the best trope in existence. It's so good. Were you done or are you frozen? <laughs> I was frozen, but I was also done. So, <laughs> okay. Because yeah. this book has my favorite trope literally ever. I cannot emphasize enough how much I love this trope. Person A thinks person B is dead, but they're not is the fucking best thing ever. I knocked over my mic. Oh, wait, you just dropped so the mic. Yeah. <laughs> mic drop. Literally a mic drop. But actually. Oh my God. Like, okay. Picture this if you're if you're terminally online like I am. Um, uh, if you, you like picture like the little card like drawing of the little guy just like running around his room like bouncing off the walls. This was me when it was confirmed that Jace is alive and well, but Cassie doesn't know that. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. I literally wrote in my book. I'm like, is this about to have the best trope ever? And it it did. It did, it did, it did. I also think it was a really smart idea to, like, start off with them, like, still together, they're on their way, they're tracked back, and you get, like, those little, like, moments of them just being all stupidly adorable with each other and wonderful, and you remember, oh, wow, I love their relationship so much. Mm -hmm. And then for them to get back and then immediately be separated for, like, a good portion of the book. Like, they don't get back together until, mm -hmm. like, towards the end like three quarters of the way through which i thought was honestly a really smart idea because it kept me like going because i'm like oh my god like she thinks he's dead oh but now she found it finds out that he's he's alive and oh my god like what's going on with him and he thinks that she could be in danger and oh my god guess what she is and then mm -hmm. I, I i'll keep going on about it later but it was just so good to me and that was also my hook because i just oh it's the best trip ever like i genuinely think it's the best nothing beats it because you get everything you get the agony of the characters thinking that their loved one is dead and gone forever you get to see them at their lowest and see just how distraught they are when they mm -hmm. lose their love but then the other person is alive like hello the relief that comes with that and then the reunions that ensue this bit listen i love reunions so much mm -hmm. it's so good and so already, like, <laughs> like when they got separated, I was like, I can't wait for your reunion, baby. It's going to be so <laughs> juicy, so good. And it was. And it was great. And oh, I am kissing these books on the mouth with consent. I love it so much. This trope is a great way to show what characters mean to each other and what they regain when they thought they lost what they... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, like, all over the place. I can't think. Um, and what they regain when they thought they lost each other forever and so they hold each other closer and I just help <laughs> it's it, 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 it's emotional it's so like good. it's a roller coaster it's, so good. it's a roller coaster and I'm glad I'm glad that this is the, I just needless to say little teaser for our peaks and valleys I'm glad this is the direction that this book took like it was very uh -huh. satisfying um yeah. did you have like any uh like little collection of favorite quotes for this book i sure do i have a few i liked um do not pass a rose without stopping to smell it it is a gift that may not always be there oh it's so good uh i believe if i remember that was a uh, cassie's mom saying that to her in like a memory and i really liked it because it's just simply like don't think think don't take things for granted which is something that i've been trying to remind myself a lot lately and i just really like the rose metaphor um, because, like, you really do need to stop and smell the roses. So I really like that. Yeah. Um, I also liked when Cassie said, was this what families did? Bared their souls in front of an... Oh, my God. I'm, like, so hyped up from that, like, whole, like, little rant that I need to, like, breathe for a second. That is a very good thing. While, while, um, Caitlin reads, I'll psychoanalyze what she said. <laughs> She's talking about the way that she takes me for granted because I'm like a really special person and she's so lucky to have me <laughs> she is so lucky to have you i saw oh, i saw true i saw a tiktok today just off off the cuff where this person was like oh it was like the it was like this girl she does like she pretends to be like people's different types of friends and she was trying to be like the friend that psychoanalyzes people 
And this person's like, oh, I had a really good time tonight. Oh, Mary's so nice. And she's like, I had a good time with her too. But maybe she's too nice. It seems like she's constantly looking for affection and blah, blah, blah. And like, it seems like maybe she didn't get the love from her parents that she deserved as a child. And I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you, I think it's so, but it made me laugh because I feel like I know people like that. So I was like, that's so funny that like, that's even oh, something that really exists. Funny. And I feel like maybe I know people like that because I'm like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> what were your other <laughs> quotes? Uh, my other favorite quote before I like was just thinking about my favorite trip ever and like went chaotic for a second. I'm so sorry. Oh. Um, was when Cassie said, "Was this what families did? Bared their souls in front of the entire room of people? Their confessions left me raw. These were the kinds of conversations I didn't know how to have." And I really liked seeing Cassie learn what it means to be a part of a family. Yeah. Uh, this line specifically because there really are just types of conversations that you can only really have with your family um, that you can't have with other people. I feel like so you have like they cut so deep because they have that shared experience and love mm-hmm. for each other. And um, in the same light, Cassie had a line that said becoming a part of the family was perhaps one of the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's just so much because of like. Like, her whole journey of being left on her own and not trusting anyone to then all of a sudden having all of these people in her life. Because Jace does not have a small family. So, like, it's already enough that, like, she has Ren and Sanove as her friends that are now her sisters that she can have. But, like, to have this other person who um, is probably the only other person besides her mom who has loved her so completely. And, in fact, there's another line um, that made me kind of go insane that was similar to that mm-hmm. um, about like having Jace in her life like that but then also like his entire family to be a part of now is just it's so much and I think if like Cassie in the beginning of Dance of Thieves saw herself at the end of Vow of Thieves she'd be like who is that? <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's going on? Like how did she get there? So mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see that journey for her um, and then my very last favorite line um, was the very last line in the book. Uh, well, if you don't count the very last chapter, but um, mm. Cassie is reminiscing of her and Jace saying, like, who will write our story, Jace? We will, Cassie. You and I will write our own story, and side by side, every day, that is what we do. And mm-hmm. I'm just filing that under ending lines that make me scream into the void because <laughs> I read that and I was like, ah, oh, they're writing their story together. They did it. <laughs> they made it. All of these hardships, this girl was tortured, they thought they lost each other, and now mm-hmm. they're writing their story together. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was just like, oh, they did it. An <laughs> incredibly it. satisfying, happy ending. Yeah. Yes, that's all I needed. And I was, oh, I just, I love endings like that when you're just, like, when you just have, like, that sigh of relief. You're like, uh-huh. oh, yes, it was all yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah, like, same. I'm, like, crying. <laughs> like, you ever read a book, but then, like, you take a couple days to process it, and then you really think about it, and then you're like, oh, my God. Like, but actually? <laughs> actually? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. What were your favorite lines? Um, I think in the same vein, um, there were quite a few that I loved. Um, Every one of my tomorrows is yours, which is kind of this thing Fair. that – Kazi and Jace say to each other back and forth throughout the, I think, both books. Um, which I just love that because it's such a banger exclamation of, ex, yeah, an exclamation of love without saying I love you because what mm-hmm. you're telling that person is, like, I am giving this person not just my future but, like, all of my time. And, like, yeah. I am making that promise to them. And, like, it's, it's, like... Mm, it's like you're giving somebody the gift of your presence and it's not just that you're trusting somebody with the time that you want to spend with them forever and you're essentially saying I want to be with you forever and I love that like woof woof bark bark meow um and then I really liked you two seemed inevitable and I especially like that one yeah because it's it's one of those quotes where it's like when two people clearly like each other and everyone knows it, but the two people who are absolutely like clueless, like they have no idea. Um, so it just reminds me of like when you have a little flicker of chemistry with someone and everybody else kind of sees it, um, but you don't. But then you do, and all of a sudden you can like picture them picking tomatoes with you in your vegetable garden and watching shooting stars, and you just like know deep down somewhere that it's inevitable that it's going to be you and them. 
And that was just like, you know, like it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's like, no matter what, there is a fixed point where you and I will be together and there is like nothing that's going to keep that from happening. And that's just really like when it's guaranteed, you know, like when I first met my partner, I was just like, I remember the feeling of just never being nervous that we weren't going to end up together because yeah. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, this is all going to work out. Like it, there w- it was always inevitable to me. And I've never had that feeling before in a relationship because a lot of the time it was always like, oh, like, what if it doesn't work out? What if they don't like me? But with him, it was always just like, yeah, we're going to die together probably. (laughs) So, you know, like, and I love that. I always, I just, that's like my favorite type of relationship. And it ties back again into like everything I love about the relationship between Jason Kazi and why I think it's like one of the better like couples um in like YA fantasy books but well again talk more about that later um you're crying I'm literally I'm literally crying right now I'm literally (laughs) like oh my god Mary Pearson this is like the second time that like like, literally Mm -hmm. like just feeling it okay Mm -hmm. like if you listen to our Dance of Thieves review you would know that I started crying during that podcast too because it's just like I finished this a few days ago, and I was like, wow, this is such a really good book. But, like, now I'm just really sitting with it, and I'm just like, this is a really good book. It was. Oh, thank God we're not a video podcast yet, because I am a mess right now. (laughs) I'm not ready for you guys to see me cry (laughs) in public. I need to take off my glasses. Uh, Don't worry. Give it a couple months. Oh, this book is so good. Um, And then my last one, just while we wait for for Keanu to recover, is, yeah, we... We wove our dreams together like armor. Isn't that that's a, just yeah. a banger to me? I know she's having a hard time uh, because it's to me and like not necessarily tied to all of the romance in this book, but just in terms of like, like I guess I guess writing about ambition, writing about what it means to like wear your goals on your sleeve and protect them and not let anyone get in the way of your success. Um, that's how I interpreted that line and it was really special to me because I was like that is what I think we should all be doing is like not being like oh yeah I want to do this one day it's stupid you know but just like being like oh no I'm gonna do this one day and when someone's like oh that's a dumb goal you have just be like mm, eat glass like that's, <laughs> eat glass. that's the vibes I think we should all be having um so oh, uh our dreams together like armor yeah mary e pearson like is writing her books and she's like this is a really good line yeah yeah (laughs) she like knows it yeah yeah. i would say i think i think she's about as talented and like this is not an insult by any means this is like the highest compliment as like the most talented and deserving and like yeah the most talented and deserving fan fiction authors that don't really get their praise for being incredible Um, I would say she's more talented than your typical YA author. She's toward the other end of the spectrum, which I think is those folks. So, you know what it is? And we're just going to have so much praise about this book. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like, there's something about her writing. I, I think my favorite type of fantasy novels is when they feel like they're taking the reader seriously. Yeah. It's, it's not like, it's not like, it's fantasy where you like, like, oh, like, it's it's a fantasy world that you can escape to, but it's not like, come on, kids, here's a fake little world, and we all know this is pretend, and blah, blah. I don't know, I just, yeah. I just felt like the writing was so beautiful, thoughtful. and so thoughtful, and there's just like, so many layers to, like, this story, uh, this duology as a whole, and there's just... And you see that with just, like, a few lines. Like, it'll say something on the surface, but it also means something else. Like, oh, I just love it so much. (laughs) Yeah, like... Clearly not a writer, because I can't string words together, but... Yeah, but but you're right, uh, though. It's about, like, whether or not an author... It's, like, about what an author's intentions are and if they take them seriously. Like, if they take their audience seriously. And, like, because I think... I've always said the same thing about kids' shows, like... A good kids mm-hmm. show is like Blue's Clues or like um, the Infinity uh, Infinity Train or like a, a show that really says like a Bluey, a, a show that wants Bluey, to teach yeah, children things Bluey. without yeah. like making them feel like children, but making them feel like little people that are learning and growing. 
And yeah. that's what I've always adored about those shows versus like, I don't know, like some trashy shit that you like pay a subscription fee for. I don't know what I'm even, I can't even name one, but you know what I mean. Well, like, like with, the, like, it's a, it's a fantasy story where it's like, yeah, you get this cool world, but you're like, you can tell that the author cares so much about these characters and it's mm-hmm. not just like, there's, there's the story, but then there's all of the things that go on in their lives. That, like all like the little mini things that you get to see as they're telling I don't this isn't making sense, but like, no, what like, is it? Like, it you're is getting the story. You're getting the story of they need to overtake this king, who is making everyone's lives a mess. Mm-hmm. But then also you're getting the story of Casley learning what it means to be with family, and also just learning like um, who to trust and like how people aren't always who they seem to be. And then that like the misconceptions that you learn of people and it's just all there's so many there's so many things in this book and it's Uh just so well done it's divine it's a divine book um (laughs) so speaking of divine things um yeah like music uh that's my bad lead in (laughs) what song would you hear when you see the love of your life again who you thought was dead um I said huh? I would say I would huh? play when I get <laughs> chaotic twenty twenty three is starting early. I'm bringing I a bold decision. Play... No, <laughs> I've I've decided to be very bold this year, so everybody in my life is just getting get, catching strays from me. So just <laughs> go ahead, continue. <laughs> Uh, I said the song that I would play when I see the love of my life again is When I Get My Hands On You by the new Basement Tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, if you just listen to that song, like, it's so, it's, like, simple, but it's just, to me, it's just, like, ah, oh, like, when I get ya, like, you're gonna be mine forever. Like, that's what I, that's mm-hmm. what I feel. And I feel like, like, um, as Jace is going, like, going after Kazi to, like, help her and, like, save her and everything, he's just like, oh, when I get ya, like, I'm never gonna let you go. Right, mine forever. All of my tomorrows are yours, etc., etc. What about you? I would play Goncharov's theme from the hit Martin Scorsese <laughs> film. <laughs> it got snubbed at the seventy four Oscars. I'll tell you fucking what. Oh my that god! Is, this is so. Caitlin and I both love doing a Belinda bit. Carter cameo. <laughs> Oh, the clock tower scene? (laughs) Don't get me started! Tumblr essentially, like, made up an entire Martin Scorsese movie over the course of the past, like, 48 hours. And, I mean, it's it's honestly better work than, um, Don't Worry Darling, um, I'd say. (laughs) Like, you really, it doesn't get better than this. Great film. Great film. My favorite Scorsese film, honestly. Yeah, honestly, honestly, um, for real, for real. Um, for real, for real. <laughs> I, uh, I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the original question because yeah, I just you have can to like read. <laughs> go remember the full-on theme that someone composed for this fucking fake movie. It's um, so good. Anyway, "Someone Save My Life Tonight" by Elton John is what I chose. Mm. If you've ever yeah. heard that song, first of all, I can't believe you chose when I get my hands on you because that one's angsty. Like that one's oh. like crawl on the floor and throw up everywhere, angsty. Like my cat it Manny. Is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like your cat Manny. Yeah. Uh, it is, but I love it so much. And I was, I like, I was just thinking about it, like honestly throughout this entire book, and I was like, that's gonna be the song. I don't know what the question's gonna be, but that's gonna be the song. And I just, uh it's I love it. It's angst. It's angst. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I said someone saved my life tonight because if you ever heard the song, it's just like I wanted a song where it's like there's like a build up, but then all of a sudden it just like explodes a little bit in the middle, and that was like one of my favorites um, to kind of exemplify that. But I'm sure there are others. Yeah. Um, just like a good like at one point in this like you ever hear a song and you're like oh if in the movie in my head this is the part in the song where the two characters yes. see each other for the first time because there's like a complete yeah. change in the pacing so that was what I was going for but I'm sure there are better ones um is there like a character <laughs> is there a character um that you would like poison 
I know. I, I just want to say, I don't know how over time this question that is essentially like, find a metaphor for who was your least favorite character has gone to like, which character would you murder? Who should die here? Who doesn't deserve to be alive in the third book? Like... Oh my god! But like, it's so true. I was thinking about that the other day too. I was like, every every episode, I was like, what character do you want to murder on sight? I think it's just my pet. <laughs> I have a penchant towards violence, so. Oh, you know what? That's okay. We've all mm-hmm. got our outlets. We've been violent uh, ever since so... we went from dancing to bowing. This is true. Okay, like, yeah. never go back. No. Um, uh, the character that I would like to poison. <laughs> <laughs> are it's not just one but oh, three yeah. list them uh, list them list um, it's gunner say their names yeah we got gunner we got priya i think is how you pronounce the name priya yeah priya and mason all on the shit list for mm-hmm. what they did to Cassie. uh yes she betrayed them the last time they saw her i get that and yes they thought their brother was dead because of her because she announced it mm-hmm. and apparently like she announced that like her queen killed him or whatevs um but the way they didn't even think and we're just like she showed up at their secret family cave and they didn't go hmm i wonder why she's here and then they she's just like hey let me explain and they're like kill the bitch tear the bitch apart (laughs) fuck this woman (laughs) literally they're like we don't give a shit about what you're saying you're dead to us and she's like uh let me tell you like he's alive and they're like bullshit kill the bitch and she's like but lydia and nash they're safe and they're like we don't care go kill her we don't care about our dumb kids (laughs) she tried to explain they didn't even listen especially and like what hurts is that like jace told cassie like they they're gonna listen to you your family and they immediately were like time for you to die like i'm so (laughs) pissed because it wasn't even that like it was just ongoing where she's just like let me get my word in they were yeah. just like immediately like we're gonna like choke you out nope we're, so- we're gonna do something better we're gonna literally throw you down this ditch and get you trapped in one of our traps and then yeah. literally call for the soldiers that are immediately about to come like take her and then have her endure the worst torture ever like that was their fault like that all happened because they did that to her they didn't take five minutes to ex- like have her explain her story yeah. They all acted out on emotion, which is like you'd think as a like with this family that like has like this kingdom or like you know, has control of like this entire place that maybe they would hear someone out and listen to them and not <laughs> act on emotion. Like I totally get it. Like you like I totally understand. Like if someone if I thought someone killed my brother mm-hmm. and if that someone did betray me before, I would still at least try to find out why and what I'd happened be like, in this story. Wait, 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 wait. My sister is kind of annoying. Let me hear you out. <laughs> Let me hear you out. <laughs> Did she tell you your eyebrows looked like shit? She would. <laughs> she <laughs> would. That's something that she would say. That's so her. Oh my god. <laughs> like, like, I would just at least give the chance because I'd be like, I want to know the side of the story, and like, I couldn't just be like, nah, kill her, and then I guess I'll never know what happened. Like, right. <laughs> hello. Like, come on, right. guys. Right. Come on. So, yeah, they're on the, my shit list. And even later on, like, they're all like, I'm so sorry. And even Priya was just like, yeah, when you said this, like, I believed you. I and know. And then I just continued to not do anything. And I was like, then why didn't you stop oh, them? Pick me? Like, whatever happened to women Literally. supporting women? <laughs> I know. Yeah, she, they oh made choices. God. They were they not my favorites They made choices and they were either. all bad ones. Yeah. How about I you? Did, it was the same thing for me. Like, they didn't, they didn't give her a chance. <laughs> they, they didn't. didn't her, they didn't. They explain herself. They were just like, let's string you up for the king's guards to find. Best wishes and warmest oh. regards. <laughs> like, and I feel like for me, for me, it's especially uncomfortable because I'll, like, this is my bet, my really weird, like, this is, it's no nuance November, but I'm going to provide nuance. <laughs> like, I get, frankly, I get very nervous and around very, like, very tight-knit family dynamics. Like, mm-hmm. and when I say tight-knit, I don't just mean, like, I like my family, they're nice. I mean, right. like, they all, like, l- like, like, um, oh, I was, I went over to a friend's house once, and, um, her mom came in and just, like, picked up her phone and started going through her Instagram and talking with her about, like, every person, and they just had, like, a very girly, girly, like, BFF conversation about it, and I just sat there, like, um, <laughs> this is a boundary that I wouldn't want my mom to cross, but, but, like, they're, like, like, 
family's like, but those are the those are the type of dynamics that are like very intriguing and intimidating to me because like I don't know, it just like whenever you see a group of people where it's like the family, they definitely ascribe to like the blood is thicker than water like uh, mentality. It just, like, makes me... I'm always just, like... It gives me the ick a little bit because it's, like, the Ballingers carry themselves like the fucking Roy kids. And I get why Kazi is so, like, intimidated by them because she they just are always, like, oh, yeah, like, we're... You, like, betrayed the family. And I'm, like, who is the family? Like, is this... Are y'all the firm? Is this the, is this the royal family of England? Like, are you the Windsors? Like relax that's the vibe they gave me it gave me the ick a little bit like i was like y'all need to go to therapy together i think because yes caitlin are the roy kids from succession yes okay i'm just outing myself that i haven't watched Succession <laughs> yet, but i was just like who are the roy that's kids it's a good thing yeah. you know the roy kids the, the roy kids from the movie <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's what was going on in the background. I was too focused on the Sophia and Katya dynamic. So yeah, it was hard to get out of that. No, I get that. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, <laughs> okay, but, now I'm on the same page. I'm, no, I, but, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. The entire time, I'm like, like the math, the lady with the math meme. Like, who are the Roy kids? And then all I have is like an image of like the tag Kendall Roy on Tumblr, and I was like, wait, that's the dudes from Succession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it, I'm glad you came back to you. That's good for folks at home who also haven't watched it. But like, yeah. but like TLDR, like families in both real life and in books that carry themselves like they're just like a small mafia really give me the ick. Like, mm-hmm. like I worry. Like I I want like those are the families that I enjoy the most because you know they've always got like the J C Penny photos in their house. You know that they got taken, and like they paint themselves like they all know what's up. But you know there's some shit going down in there. You know like. <laughs> If your mom can log into your Instagram willy-nilly, like, it's not right. Anyway, this is about nothing. Let's go back to the book. <laughs> um, uh, is there a character that you want to have all of your tomorrows? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So listen. <clears throat> Cassie and Jace are two of the most, like, like the strongest protagonists I've ever read in a book. Like, even, there are, like, some books where it's, like, dual POVs where I'm still, like, I, I don't dislike either of them, mm-hmm. but there's still one character that is, I feel like, just a fucking not nuisance. even just better written, but yeah, <laughs> but kidding. there's, like, just parts of them where you're just like, uh, shut up, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but with this one, I was just, like, same, like, with the Dance of Thieves, I'm just so intrigued at both of their POVs, it's like, throughout Dance of Thieves, you're, you get their, you know, they start off with, like, they're two people from two different types like of backgrounds who mm-hmm. were told that the other person is the enemy mm-hmm. and they start to learn about each other and sometimes like there wasn't one like no this person's in the right and this person's wrong it was no I can totally see why Jace would think that or why Cassie mm-hmm. would think that it was just so interesting and just it, that didn't stop throughout this entire book like every chapter yeah. like I was so excited to like like, you're reading Cassie's point of view, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to see what Jace is thinking right now. Like, I just, right. they're both so good. <laughs> they're yes. so well written. Um, but if I had to choose uh, for this book between the two of them, I had to say Jace because he restored my faith in male fictional characters. Mm, because mm-hmm. literally in this book, uh, in the fantasy books that we've read recently, um, the men have been annoying or downright unlikable. Mm-hmm. And Jace is neither of those things. Like I'm mm-hmm. reading his I'm reading his POV and I'm just like, I love you so much. Like it was like the first <laughs> it was like the first like you know how like there are some people who are just like, Oh my god, it's my book boyfriend. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or yeah. like, oh my god, like I love this person so much. Jace is the first like character that I've read where I'm just like, This is my book boyfriend. <laughs> Like, okay. Like, okay. like not like not like in that sense, but I'm just like I totally like I love him. I you love stand. him so much. Like, yeah. There's not like anything that I dislike about him like, yeah. at all. Like I usually can find something where I'm like, ah, oh, this guy is like, okay, you get it. Right. But then like right. he'll like just talk, and I'm just like, yeah, you get it. You like, to- good, totally get it. Good boy. Good boy. Yeah. Good boy, exactly. Good boy. Oh. 
Um, so like, like the bar is low, but the downright respect he has for Cassie and the love he shows her, I'm twirling my hair and kicking my feet. <laughs> like in his uh, POV, he starts talking about Zane and how he wanted to kill him for taking Cassie's mother away from her, but he wouldn't right. ever do that because he knows that he is not the person who deserves to take out revenge on Zane. That's Cassie's. And he says so. He goes like, would anything stop me from choking this bitch out? Absolutely not. But is mm-hmm. he, but am I allowed that? No, because I'm not the one who directly affected it. It was Cassie, and Cassie deserves to get that revenge herself. Oh, but I yeah. can still hate the guy's guts. And I was like, oh, I, I respect you for not just like being like, I'm going to protect my girl. Which is like, great, because he will protect his girl, but he's not going to mm-hmm. like overstep. And like he'll be like, mm, she can do it herself. And then she mm. fucking does. And it's great. Um, but my favorite part that really just got me being like, oh, he just restored my faith in Milt fictional characters mm-hmm. was um after Cassie and jace find out that samuel his brother might be dead from a letter that was sent to them jace goes quiet for a bit and um Cassie asks him if he blames her because he wasn't there to help his family or mm-hmm. stop them from getting attacked and he reassures her that he doesn't of course he doesn't blame her but the part that i really liked because you find that out during Cassie's pov but then the next chapter is from jace's pov and he hears her like uh, ask again like in his head like do you blame me right. and he goes on to say like this is like his little internal monologue he goes on to say like he knows what silence can do to people and how it can be used to instill fear and doubt because he's used that in people um, and then he says the silence Cassie heard was only fear trapped inside me but how is she to know that like he's thinking about the consequences of his actions even if it like the, like he just went quiet as he's like processing all of this information but Cassie's seeing this as like oh my god he's quiet and he's not talking to me mm. maybe he might blame me but he's just like no but oh my god I totally understand how she could feel that way and he's thinking of her feelings and mm. he's thinking about the consequences of what he did and how they mm. affect her and how to avoid that in the future and he's actively working on his communication mm-hmm. and thinking of her needs like the respect Oh, to be a man man. who thinks about women's feelings. (laughs) Wow. And there was just so many moments where he's just like, I want to do this, but I don't want this to like negatively affect Cassie or like this isn't for me that like, you know, I don't know. He just chef's kiss. No, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) No, I completely agree. Like he like it's also very hard for me to like really, really like um male characters in fantasy books mm-hmm. and this guy i was like nah respect yes oh, so good we uh, what, was, what was your what character deserves all your tomorrows um i agree about jace i feel like he's he's like he's a, he's 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 a dime um but i really like Cassie as a main character as well um mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. i feel like she's very loyal and thoughtful and driven and passionate and not in like a like she, I feel like it's interesting because this is all kind of in part from her perspective, but right. she shows that instead of just saying it, you know? Like, yeah. sometimes in fantasy books, it feels a little forced when the main character's like, I got up there with my sword, and I was like, don't come for my kingdom. But, like, <laughs> in this, it was just, like, she would just do little things, like going to going and finding the Ballengers and trying to, like, help them, despite the fact that they all yeah. hate her. Like, she just the made all of these... she does? Yeah! Like, she makes all these sacrifices. She has so much, like, that she gives without it being told that she's this mm-hmm. way. Like, oh, here's Cassie. She's great. No, they just show us, and I really appreciate that on Pearson's part. Um, yeah. And I just really like her character arc, because I feel like it's not common that you see, like, a lot of vulnerability from the main character in a way that's, like, thoughtful and, like, not like critical of oneself but like constructively critical like because like I mean as I've said before one of my favorite things about pathetic female girl boss Alina Starkov from Shadow and Bone is she's just like I'm kind of an I'm I'm like her self-worth is so low and she reminds us of that every couple of chapters but this Mm -hmm. girl is like yeah I have a lot of trouble being vulnerable I could be better at that like yeah but there's like a level of humility that's not necessarily like self-deprecating it's like yeah I have my flaws and I'm owning that and I really like that like 
I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes whenever a girl and, a, and when, sometimes when I hear like, because I don't think that's good to read either for like a younger person to hear like a character be like, oh, like I'm a shithead, you know, because then you adapt right. that narrative in your own life and whenever you have feel like you make self-separating jokes which is something that I do a lot so it's just nice to read a character that was just so I don't know like like working on herself but in a way that wasn't like I don't know like ooh, I'm quirky and I'm working on myself so I just really like that yeah it's like she's actively like oh like the way I do this affects others so I should and like I see how I should change so therefore yeah. I'm going to do that because it'll be best for everybody and myself in the end. Right. It reminded me about why it's important to take to take self-growth and improvement like seriously, but not to the extent that you're like scoffing at yourself whenever you like make an, a diary entry in your guided journal, but to the extent that you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to do better. I'm going to work towards this every day and it's not just going to be me consistently reminding myself that I'm an asshole. So I just really, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I also enjoyed her vulnerability with others um, and like, the fact that over time, despite coming from being alone her entire life, she was able to over time bear her soul to Jace and just like become his partner and like ex- kind of like cope with the fact that like it was difficult for her to be accepted into the Ballinger's family and bear her heart to them in the way that they were all doing. And I just, mm-hmm. I really, I liked that a lot. I liked that, I just liked the honesty, so I liked the vulnerability, I liked her growth in this book. Ah, oh. I'm <laughs> just sitting here like just sitting here like leaning on my my hands like oh <laughs> like, nice <laughs> it was great yeah so oh I love it so since we're already praising this book let's just go into our peaks and valleys what was your first peak for Val of Thieves I really just like the way Pearson writes I feel like Mm-hmm. it's so natural sometimes sometimes with a lot of YA fantasy novels like someone will write something a certain way that'll make me just like snap out and be like are you okay like why did you say that <laughs> like like um I don't know <laughs> like this is the skin of a killer Bella you know just like not to come not to come for Stephanie she released like a breath that she didn't know it was holding <laughs> Uh, and, I can't, and I and I have a really hard time seeing at night because I can't I only the fake can see at night like <laughs> shut the fuck up anyway um, uh, I just think that Pearson's writing is so natural um one review I read of this book described it like breathing and I mm. love that yeah. metaphor I couldn't agree with that more like her stories just flow like in a way where I always feel like I'm immersed like I'm not even like reading like I'm just yeah. watching a movie in my little head um, no that's so true though because yeah. like it's you know you're reading a book and you're like okay you can kind of see where it's like okay now we're at the end of this part of mm-hmm. the story and now we're moving on to, like you can totally see where it's just like okay these are the sections of the story whereas mm-hmm. this one it's just you just keep reading and you're like oh my god where are we now like, yeah like, I don't know I don't think that added anything to what your conversation was, but I'm just over here basically saying, yes, I completely no, agree. No, it added. It added. It was a contribution that I enjoyed. Um, oh, what was your first peak? My one fan. Um, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Caitlin does something, uh, and, like, somewhere, like, miles away, I'm, like, a little dot jumping up and down and going, wee, nice job. Hey, she did. <laughs> <laughs> like, a little... <laughs> the way you're oh, jumping. But the way you're jumping reminds me of the little orange guy that gets his teeth brushed. Yeah, that's why I did it like that, because that's what we're with too. It's just like, that's what the little guy did. <laughs> it's okay. I can brush my teeth all by myself. <laughs> if you know what we're talking about, I hope that you're laughing as hard as we are. And if you don't know, uh, you don't know what we're talking about, you're you're being excluded from this narrative. We're not putting a link to it in the no. I'll put a link to it in the. In the uh, I don't even know where the link is. It's just something that you experience. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, it's not something that I can necessarily share with you. You'll just have to come across it on the internet one day. What was your first peak? My first peak, guys. If we sound a little insane right now, it's because maybe we lost like 15 minutes to google meet kicking us out of our meeting and we thought this was going to be a better option than zoom but it turned out to be a whole fiasco so if this this cuts in and doesn't go like doesn't flow very well from whatever was happening like 20 minutes ago when we were last being able to talk to each other that's why so 
<laughs> just why well, was my <laughs> why when I hit the reset button on what I was saying did I just go <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, anyway just like a little flare and like a barf yeah good anyway <laughs> my first peek for this book uh was and it kind of goes along with one of my peaks, I believe, for um, Dance of Thieves, and um, oh. which was uh, two groups of people who are uh, normally enemies start to work together and learn that there's maybe mm-hmm. more to each other than they've all been taught. Um, and I saw that you see that with the Vengeance Settlement that Jason and his family rebuild um, after mm. they uh, misplaced them or something along those lines. Um, and then yeah. this came back in Vow of Thieves, and I loved it so much that they came back um, mm-hmm. because they they are the ones who help put Jace back together after he gets attacked and basically almost dies. Like, they save his life. And it was right. really nice to see those characters of Camus and Carrie, like, come back and help him and to see Jace, like, just be, like, thankful for the fact that, like, he helped these people. And that he dug yeah. these root cellars for them and that he went above and beyond for them so yeah. that they could help him. And then just being able to learn more about each other, um, it just really goes along with the theme of, like, the misconceptions that you have about people. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're fighting for the same goal. It's it's just, oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> like, yeah, Pierce yeah. does it so well. And Jace made a vow to protect these people um, that his family wants displaced and he keeps it mm-hmm. and they help him in return and just the unity of it all it just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and i love it i love it so no, much I so agree. it was really nice to see that continued on um yeah in this book yeah i think it's pandemic me talking but like yeah human connections like yes wow like building things for people developing community building community building like having community dinners building things for people making gardens for people like Mm -hmm. coming and painting someone's house like that's the kind of shit that uh, just really wiggles my wagon like yes I agree for me um my second peak was just on a related note I was really impressed and like excited about how committed Jace and Cassie were to each other um mm-hmm. and their relationship and I was so relieved and like happy that that wasn't the main uh conflict of the book like yeah. um because sometimes you just want two incredibly non-toxic people who love each other to like work together in a partnership like mm-hmm. it's that's not boring it's not a boring that's like not a boring dynamic to have like she could have made vow of thieves another enemies to lovers story but she didn't she allowed the no, characters to grow and like build the love and loyalty that they have toward each other into the story in a meaningful way and i i just found that super refreshing for YA fantasy i think it teaches like the part of me the part of me that's like what's the educational outcome of this um is like um i think that's great because it teaches young people to have healthy relationships that like value communication and feelings and emotions um and alternatively i I don't know like I, I just really really appreciated um the fact that it didn't have to be like a big petty cringy thing um right there were moments in the right. last book where I was kind of like you know but that's kind of the way that YA novels and like YA relationship dynamics run but like here I was just like oh good like they're married and also they seem like they like each other a lot and like they they just they uh they were building this life together and there are other more interesting plot lines we can build the story that don't revolve around them, like having all this weird unresolved sexual tension. So I just I really enjoyed right. that. My second peak, yes, <laughs> was um, in an interview with fictitious podcast. Mary E. Pearson says that the theme of people are not always what they seem to be is quote kind of on steroids in this book. You never know who to trust unquote and that's something that I loved about this book because it wasn't like I don't know just to like think of like a random example it wasn't like a hook like someone you know is going to betray you Mm -hmm. um or you know something like that just pulled that out of my ass no big deal yeah Um, I never heard that quote before it was never no not at all um but it was so much better than that there was characters that you thought you shouldn't trust mm-hmm. that actually becomes 
the closest ally. And we see that with Paxton, a man who doesn't really like the Ballingers all that much and seems to want them out of power like the king does. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really that great of a character in Dance of Thieves. Like, you, he's not likable. Like, no. you don't like him. Nah. Um, he's, like, the guy who was there to be like, ah, this guy's annoying. So Exactly. Uh, but in this book, he is so much more than he seems to be. And it's great. And... Um, he ends up being the one to help Jace, and uh, he stages his death and brings him to the Vendon sell- settlement to help bring him back to health. And he's playing the long game of overthrowing the king with Cassie. Right. And then on the opposite end of that, we have Jace's family, who Cassie is told will listen to her. Mm. There's a quote that says, family listens, they will love you, they will listen. Mm. And they don't, like I said, even give her a chance to explain her situation to them, and they just leave her to die. And it all plays into that theme of having misconceptions of people that Dance of These played out so Mm -hmm. well, and I loved it so much. And it was so fun to see people who are usually enemies work together and learn from each other in this book more than we did and dance of thieves and then also like with the king like he was someone if he showed up in dance of thieves it's just like eh he's kind of like a joke to people and then he ends up being this horrible person in power that like no one can stop it's kind of a shitty guy yeah yeah i just i just loved like there was no moment where you felt safe like in like not in like a like oh my god what's gonna happen but like in a way where it was like i like oh I it's that person like I know who, how what's how this is gonna go or like I can trust this person or I can't trust that person it's like no you don't know what everyone's motives are gonna be you just kind of have to go with the flow and it was just really really interesting and then I think another moment that I really liked was when uh, Jace gets to Tor's watch and he's with Ren and Sinove and he sees a guy who works for the Ballinger family that he can trust and he tells them that like hi I'm alive and this guy's name is Aleski mm. and then it, there's a chapter that ends with um, I'm so like because he was going to meet Jace later and he's like I'm so sorry Jace like I had to tell them and you're like no we couldn't trust this bitch like come on mm-hmm. but then like a couple chapters later you get back to Jace's POV and like all he told was like his sister yeah. and like a couple other people and you're like oh wait so we can trust this dude yeah. I just kind of liked that little like oh no like it was like oh this is almost like a cliche type thing but it was like oh no we're good it was just kind of get you keep reading and I really liked how she did that yeah I like that so. too I like that too I, yeah. I she she said someone who you trust is going to betray you without saying it and I once again appreciate exactly. that like there's no need and to being just told like, this was your hook yeah it's a good example again of like I feel like when you treat your readers with respect, you do, you have you mm-hmm. anticipate more from them. You don't look at them and say they're too fucking dumb to understand the implications of this, so I'm just going to lay it out for them. You instead say, "No. Right. Let's weave this in in a way that's interesting and intellectually stimulating." So, right. Yeah. Enjoyed that a lot. Big fan of giving a shit about your audience. Um Yeah. So, did you have a valley for this book? Um, my valley, this is a me problem valley, like, nice. it was just, I had a really hard time kicking up with all the character names, specifically the names of the Ballingers, because I'm very dumb. Mm. Like, I had to keep going no, I mean, back same. and being like, now, who was this again? What'd they do? And what was their personality trait in the last book? Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was a little, that was a little stressful, but honestly, not a big oversight, so, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a me thing for me, too, because, like, I... What I reread um, Dance of Thieves, I think, back in April. So it, it's been a while, and there's been a lot of books in between. So I'm like, oh, God, what happened exactly? Like, I remember, like, what happened, but then mm-hmm. they're, like, little things that happen with a family when you're like, um, who was Jelaine to Cassie yeah. again? Like, oh, yeah. No, not a fucking clue. <laughs> how did all these work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, like, I kind of told myself, I'm like, either I can take the time to go back through Dance of Thieves and figure this out. All right. Or I can just be like, you get the idea of this. And the rest will be, you know, yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. okay. It'll all make sense eventually. <laughs> it's, like, it's not that important. Like, you don't need to know all the intricate details, but, like, right. it'll just hit different and more probably if you, like, remember it If you knew the, what the fuck, yeah, who these people were. All the things. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take away the story from me. And, again, no. that was also a me thing. No. Um, my valley, on the other hand, uh-huh. speaking of me things, was my own dumbassery. So, nah. <laughs> listen to this. So, towards the end of Dance of Thieves, 
Sonove gives Kazzy a gift for her and Jace to open up. And if I remember correctly, in Dance of Thieves, Sonove even wiggles her eyebrows suggestively at Kazzy. I have that image in my head. Like, yes. That's like she gave this to her and I was like, ha ha. Oh I my recall. God, Sonove. I what recall. A, what, a, yes. what a quirky gal. Um, <laughs> and when then when Kazzy does open it, like opens the gift that Sonove gives her, she gets all embarrassed to tell Jace what it is and just says it's part Ooh. of a vending tradition. Tell me why throughout this whole book I thought it was a they had sex thing. Yeah. And uh, they got married yeah. thing. When this book is called Vow of Thieves. Like, Caitlin, hello? What is happening? Yeah. So, like, to be fair to myself, the story also alludes to the fact that they did, in fact, have sex. Good for them. Happy for them. But, mm. like, why when Jace yelled, Cassie is my wife, was I so shocked? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he said that, and I was like, what? They got married? <laughs> no, like, yeah. Like, what's going on? I was, like, happy for them, but I was like, this is such a shock. And then, like, it flashes back to, like, what the feast cake was for and what the red ribbon was for. Mm-hmm. And it was for them being married together. And I yeah. was like, yeah, no, that makes way more sense. Well, I didn't put any of those <laughs> things together either. So you're on, you're not <laughs> alone. I was also shocked when they were married. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That was obvious, and I'm <laughs> not good at the context clues. Yeah, Mary Mary like, Pearson uh, respected me too much. <laughs> if she ever listens to this, she'd be like, "Those dumbasses." Yeah, they're, not, they're very silly girls. Yeah, <laughs> like I put it in the title for you, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, uh, "What I, was the I, vow?" <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so not just the vows that they made to each other in the last book and in yeah. the beginning of this book but yeah. the vows that they made for life to share their tomorrows together yeah okay. cool yeah. and meanwhile caitlin I and i over that. here were like nah they were talking about fucking and fucking <laughs> oh my god i was like good for them but like like i was thinking like oh they're, they're not talking about it or like they're embarrassed and like this is kind of alluded throughout the book because like it's such a big thing for them after all their right. history and it's just like nah they did that but they also got married yeah yeah that's <laughs> the important like, part. so happy for yeah. them yeah <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, We were a little confused, but we had the spirit. Um, Yeah. So, Caitlin, on a scale of one to five, metaphorical oranges juggled to trick a king into thinking you're on his side. What do you rate Vow of Thieves? Oh, I gave this book five out of five, which we all know does not come by easily. But I love this book so freaking much, if you couldn't tell throughout this podcast. I love this duology so much. It's one I cannot wait to read again and I keep, I'm recommending it to anyone who will listen to me. Um, <laughs> it's It has basically everything that I love in fantasy and I cannot put into words it, quite exactly how much fun I had reading this. Um, and like everything that I love in fantasy, it's like you get this fantastical world but like believable characters that you can both relate to and yes. just, but like have like those really deep connections like it's kind of like um i know i said this in dance of the in our dance of these review but like it reminds me of six of crows because it's like yeah you have this whole story but the characters are so rich and that's how i felt like in this and i just love the way uh pearson writes her characters and yeah. i just want to like know more and i also like how like this this book did end with like a chapter that like could have seemed like there could be more afterwards mm-hmm. but it, it it wasn't like that oh there's more to Kazi and Jace's story it's it's more like there's more that she could write in the Remnant Chronicles universe right which I think is great to leave open-ended if she ever wants to or is planning to write more books in this uh universe which I think is a really smart way to do it because she's so perfectly wrapped up Kazi and Jace's story and I love that so much um and that being said I cannot wait to get my hands on the Remnant Chronicles and I'm very happy to add Mary E. Pearson to the list of authors whose writing I adore. Yeah. So much. Mary and E. Pearson, drop the locations of your next meet and greets. We'll be there. <laughs> Literally. I want, like, I just want to be like, I love you so much. Yes. So good. Yes. So good. What did you rate it? Um, I gave this a 3.5 out of 5 because um, I mm-hmm. really like this book. I thought it was a great follow-up to Dance of Thieves. Uh, I definitely read more of Pearson's works. I just get the sense based on her interactions with her on social media and just, like, mm-hmm. her genuine talent that she's a very gracious person and, and like, very good at her job and, like, deserves all the praise. Yeah. Uh, 
so I really liked her. Um, my rating was lower just because, like, in true Amberlynn fashion, I just don't think it's, like, really my brand of book. Like, I sound like I'm building mm-hmm. an MLM, but, like, I'm not really a <laughs> fantasy person, so I feel like, I think if I was more a more fantasy-focused person, I would probably have given it a five. But since my mm-hmm. definition of a good time is, like, some is like some weird book about like I don't know a a house in the middle of the woods. It's like that's it's just it's just my it's not my brand, but it, amazing book, great right. fa- big fan, big fan. Mary E. Pearson, we'll see you at your next meet and greet, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I would love to just like hear her talk. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I just want to like know what's going on in her head, those yes. worlds, and it's I don't know. I think she's neat. I think she's neat too. Thank you for listening to Live by Moonlight. Tune in next time when we finish out our fantasy season and restore magic to the lands of Araria in We Free the Stars by Hafsa Faisal. Yay! Let's free those stars. Let's free those stars. Free those stars, baby. Let's vow with those thieves. Let's um, make that wicked king, our king wicked. Let's Cersei. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can't really. Let's just... storm those sieges. Storm those sieges, yes. Let's turn men into pigs on an island. 